say amen this morning. Stand before the Lord. I don't know about you. I know I'm not the only one in here that senses in the spirit that God is doing something. Hallelujah. And it's becoming more and more apparent, not just today, but it's becoming more and more apparent as we grab hold of his word. As we grab hold of the principles, amen, in the direction that he's leading us as we come into alignment with his spirit, God is doing a mighty thing in here from our youth on up. And it's, it's, it's really a blessing to be a part of that, amen. And from where I stand, it's very challenging because there's so much that he's, he's, he's downloading and pouring in the spirit, you know, just working through it, amen, but I trust God that by his leading and his direction, he will get us each and every one right where he wants us to be, that as we go to and fro in our daily living, everybody's going to know that we are the children of the king, by how we flow, how we function, how we operate, how we love, how we talk, all those things because of what he's doing internally in each and every one of us and collectively as a body to make a major difference in this region. So as we pray this morning, you receive God, hallelujah, as he speaks into your heart and ours as we go forth. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah, Lord, we come humble. Uh, Humbled by your presence, Lord, by, by your, your grace, Lord, that you're pouring out upon this body of, of believers. Lord, we don't, we don't trust in our own ability, our own understanding, but, Lord, we avail ourselves to you. Hallelujah. As your children called after your name, Lord, that you would use us. Lord, that you would strengthen us, that you would purge us, Lord, that you would continue to to shape and to make us, hallelujah, the representatives that you created us to be. As we lay aside all the things, all the, the issues, all the stuff, Lord, that has been projected upon us and upon your church, hallelujah, that we rise to be all that you desire us to be. Hallelujah, that you can be glorified through our living. Hallelujah, even through our pain and through our suffering. Lord, through the challenges, Lord, that you can yet be glorified. But we believe, yes, we believe that nothing befalls our lives as your people, God, that you don't already know about. But you give us the strength, Lord, to walk through it in a way that, that points others to you. But help us to have our heart and our mind set upon you. Speak to us this evening, this morning, God. Speak to us right where we are. Help us, Lord, as we bring your word into alignment Hallelujah. In our hearts, our minds, and in our spirit. We thank you for what it is that you're doing, and we, we yield ourselves to you continually. God, that you will complete the work that you began in each and every one of us, from our young, oh God, to the eldest among us. We thank you, and we magnify you, we praise you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Amen. Man, everybody's with us this morning. Just making sure I got it right, amen. And I have very moved by watching the children go forth. And I appreciate, you know, what was said. And not just seeing children, but, amen, seeing, amen, the ministers of God. Ministering that song, amen. We, we applaud them, amen, for their their service to the kingdom. 
Hallelujah. And we come, amen, I thank God for everything that he's doing in this place. The nursery is open. Amen. Thank you. I just want to sure we know that if you need the nursery, it is open. Amen. But as we go forth, hallelujah, we will trust that God will speak to every heart in here. Amen. You know, God has been doing some mighty, miraculous things. And that's to put it simply, or to put it mildly. I thank God, amen, for my daughter, amen, and being obedient in the spirit. But I think recognizing, going back to one thing we've said before, not until we recognize the gifts that God put in our lives can we really receive them and appreciate it what it is, and receive the blessing that it is in our lives. Amen. And not just for myself, amen, as we walk in the apostleship, but even for the ministers, the deacons, the elders, our brothers and sisters in Christ, whoever, as we learn how to receive one another, amen, we can be blessed by one another. Amen. Realize that, you know, we're, we're not in a struggle once again, uh, one against the other, amen, but we're, we're in this together. Tell somebody we're in this together. Huh? Amen. We, we're not worshiping with the enemy. But we're worshiping, amen, with our, our colleagues in Christ. Amen. As we come alongside and we strive to grow. You know, and, and God has not allowed me yet to release this, this area of grace. Hallelujah. There's just so much. And, and, and like I say, it's so much. It's challenging even to, to line it all up as he's unfolding it. So we're going we're gonna to dig into this a little bit more on this morning. Because I think it's, it's, it's vitally important for us as the body of believers, amen, to be able to grasp a better understanding of what grace is how grace operates, how grace flows, amen. And, huh, there's a lot out there about it, but we want to get it operating like it's supposed to operate. Amen. It's been said, grace ceases to be grace if God is compelled to bestow it in the presence of human merit. In other words, it's not grace if, if, if it's something that has to be earned. And it also, grace ceases to be grace if God is compelled to withdraw it in the presence of human demerit. You've got to pull it back because you messed up, then it's still not grace. Hallelujah. I receive. The grace is treating a person solely according to the infinite goodness and sovereign purpose of God. Regardless of everything, anything going on in our lives, our ups and our downs, amen, the Lord's grace is the same. Because like I said, I often say, amen, that nothing comes our way that he that surprises God. Oops, I shouldn't have gave them grace because. You know, no, nothing surprises him, amen. But as we learn to... Learn what this grace really looks like and how it flows, amen. It'll become more and more clear. And that's my prayer this morning as we we dig into it, amen. Grace is something that, as we talked about before, is not deserved, amen. It, you know, and it, it, it's undeserved and unearned, amen. It's just grace, amen. But it's more than what we've, you know, come to, to see it as in so many ways. So as we explore, we're going to talk about grace in connection with Jesus Christ. Hello. You know, because it's amazing. You know, I look at this thing, and I'm, I'm looking at so many, diff so many different passages that make it clear. And we're gonna look at some scriptures. I hope you all got your pens and papers, Amen. This morning, your tablets or your notes or whatever, because we're gonna look at some scriptures this morning. But it's amazing you know, when your eyes become open. You know how it is when you when you buy that new car, and then all of a sudden you see how many of them's on the road. You know, but not, not until you get one do you notice all the other ones. You know, so it's kind of like that. When you look at the area of grace in the scripture, 
Amen. And you begin to notice how much grace is laid out through Scripture and is talked about in Scripture. You know, it just, it just jumps out at you. Amen. Even passages that don't use the word grace, you see grace. You see God's presence operating in all throughout his word. Amen. And it all hinges from that one place. Amen. And, and we, I, I, I'm, I'm so blessed by it. Amen. Because of what he's constantly unfolding. But I need you to consider something about grace. Grace is not a doctrine to be followed. Hello. It's not a principle to be learned or a concept to be grasped. We, you know, but in, in, in our humanness, amen, we see we, we may see it lending itself to those things, but it is not those things. So this morning we're gonna see what is what is grace? What is what is this this thing that we, we hear about, we talk about, we're expanding our understanding concerning grace. Grace is not just, you know, getting us out of trouble. Huh? We we want grace all over our lives. Amen. We we need grace all over our lives. We need that grace flowing in every situation and circumstance that we find ourselves involved in as the people of God. Everyday grace. Just say everyday grace. We need everyday grace, hallelujah, operating with us and in us in a way, man, that the enemy has a hard time tripping us up. Man, if we just, just really lay hold and understand, amen, the, how, how grace operates, what grace does, how grace moves, what grace releases in our lives. But the demonstration of grace, when we see grace, it's preeminent. It's, it's, it, when we look at Jesus Christ, you can't look at him without seeing grace. I wonder why that is. You know, when you begin to, to really begin to see this, and I want us to turn with me, go with me to the book of John, the first chapter. John 1 and 1, if you don't mind. We're going to start right there. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, but, I mean, and darkness comprehended it not. Didn't understand it. So it lets us know in the beginning, I mean, this is before anything. Before God said, let there be, if you can imagine. To in the beginning was the Word. And the Word, the Word, the Word, say the Word. Word was with God. And when God spoke his word, amen, we, if we go back on all the way back to the Genesis account, when God spoke his word, things begin to move and things begin to happen and things begin to, to come into existence. Isn't that right? But then look what it says. It says, in the beginning, the same was with God and all things were made by him. Uh-oh. Mm. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him, who's the him we're talking about him? Jesus. Now, now look at this. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Mm, I'm trying I'm to not take off here too quick. Amen. Because the lesson of the word became what? Flesh. And dwelt among us. And we began, we beheld his glory as of the only begotten, full of what? Look at verse number 14. I want to I help y'all. See, I want you to know when he's talking about the word, it's not just talking about Jesus. I mean, the Lord saying, do this, do that. But the word became. Amen. He said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory, as of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. Not just having a little grace, but it says full of grace. Have you ever known anybody full of grace? I mean, in this existence, I mean, I mean, I know we've met a lot of loving people, but anybody just full of grace and truth. So if you're full of grace, the only thing that comes out of you is what? And truth. I told you, grace ain't a concept. I'm going to help us to wrap our minds around understanding that grace is the person. And when you begin to see this, amen, we'll begin to realize how much more we can do once we understand our relationship, amen, because grace is the person of Jesus Christ. There's no one will ever be as gracious, as loving, as forgiving, even as sacrificial as Jesus Christ. But it's our challenge to become like him. So if I'm striving to be like him, and we understand who he is, now I'm challenged, Devante, to be full of grace. I'm challenged, Brother Juan, to be full of truth. Catherine, I'm challenged to be like him. Because that's what God desires and intends for each one of us. So when I face my situations and circumstances, I'm challenged. Not to let the old man come out. Not to let my attitude and my opinion and my feelings override. Because one thing I love about Jesus, you know, as, as he talked and he went to and fro, he said, I don't come to do my will, but I came to do the will of him that sent me. See, so in other words, he said, and, and even when we go all the way to the garden when he was being betrayed, and in, in, in preparation for his crucifixion, he came to that place and said, Not my will, but thy will be. So we know that Jesus had his own will. Hello. He didn't just come here. He knew the will of the Father. But yet that passage wakes us up to the reality that he had his own will. Just like each and every one of us have our own will, but will you get your will out the way? Will I surrender my will like Jesus did so the will of the Father could be done? See, I said we're challenged. Because like Jesus, we were all created, amen, and we were given our own will. And oftentimes we, we, we say man has what? Free will. And I'm challenged by that statement as well. Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy enough to say this. Amen. In light of what I understand in Scripture, which is not all expansive, I think I got a pretty good grasp on some of it. Free will is enough to get you bound up. Did I say that again? Free will, your free will, is enough to get you bound up. Because with all our good understanding, we can't thank God. And we will be challenged with things, amen, that will challenge our will versus his. And we got to come to that place to recognize that I need Jesus operating in me right now. I need the grace operating in me right now so I can overcome this situation and I can handle it in a way 
that will bring glory to him because like Jesus, we need to come to the place to realize that I'm not here to do my will, but I'm here to do the will of him that sent me. Amen? Whose will are you here to do? His will. So we got to come into alignment, amen, with him continually. So when we look at that passage, amen, then we drop down to, to verse number 16. It says, and of his fullness have all we received. Look out now. Y'all see me? Y'all see this? And of his fullness. See, it says he's full of grace and truth. But then it says, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. Ah. So in other words, he's letting us know that as he has received and been made full of grace and is full of grace, that we should be able to receive the same thing also. Because it says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came how? By, see, without Jesus, it ain't going to get here. Huh? And there's so many places that as I'm, I'm, I'm reading and studying and researching, I'm seeing so many places where grace is directly connected to the person of Jesus Christ. Came by him, amen, through him, amen. The, he is the word of grace. So we understand, amen, now if this be true, and I have Jesus on board. How many of us got Jesus on board? Uh, let me see the hands again. How many of us got Jesus on board? I don't know. I know him, but do I have him on board? Amen. See, as a child of God, you shouldn't be afraid to say, I got Jesus on board. Amen. I recognize that. But what does that mean to have him on board? See, we you can have him on board. Amen. But not let him drive. There's a song we used to sing way back when. I go, you know, if you let the devil ride, he'll surely try to drive. Amen. But see, we want Jesus to drive. But see, a lot of times we want to be in control of the wheel. You know how you see them get behind some of these cars? They got the little yellow sign and it says baby on board. But you know the baby ain't driving. I hope. I'm pretty sure. Say, so now, can you imagine coming up behind a car and say, Jesus on board? You pull up, and who's in the driver's seat? Hello. I'm just trying to help us to think here. So, so when it comes to our life, when it comes to how we function, how we operate, how we love, how we treat people, amen, how we think and see ourselves, amen, who's in the driver's seat? Because I, I believe as a child of God, he's on board, but have we relinquished the controls to maybe it's, oh I, I got it thank you Holy Spirit maybe it's like the driver's head car you know they got they got the extra controls on the other side just in case you know because I, I don't know about the, the cars but I remember when we went through amen they actually had two steering wheels amen so I mean you can override let go you know, where I got the pedals and the old nine over there, you know, a real driver's ed car, you know, because they wasn't going to put it just life in the hands of a rookie. <laughs> Amen. But see, uh, is that how we do Jesus? Just, I got you on board just in case I can't handle it. But the only thing I'll let you have over there is a brake pedal. Do we have Jesus on board? And are we willing to let him? take the controls so that when the pressure comes, when you're in the traffic jam, you know, he got it. And you're out there on the freeway all by yourself. You ain't worried about nothing. He got it. When someone cutting you off on the road, you know, he got it. Uh, are, we, are we ready to operate like that, knowing that, you know, it is him? Let, let's go, go with me to, to Second Timothy. Hallelujah. Second Timothy one and eight. I thank God for His grace and the liberty that comes. Amen. We understand, Amen. God's promises of grace have been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Fulfillment, Amen. That has come. And He says, 
starting at the eighth verse. Said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus, Christ Jesus before the world began. See what I tell you? It was, it was given to us in Christ. See, until Christ came, it wasn't, it wasn't flowing and functioning like it is now. But see, when we, when we decided to get things mixed up with the law, amen, we begin to override grace. And as I've said before in the previous week, law and grace can't mix. See, Jesus, amen, he, he didn't come to be bound by the law, amen, but he came, amen, to fulfill the law, amen. See, the scripture tells us that, that where the law is, and that actually says the law is the, I mean, the strength of sin. Amen? So what's that mean, the law is the strength of sin? Well, but it lets us know law came to expose sin. It came to reveal sin. And where there's law, amen, being the strength of sin, the more you push law, the more sin's going to abound. So in other words, law fuels sin. But I like the other passage that comes along. It says, but where grace is, huh? It lets us know, amen, that where, where, where sin is, excuse me, that grace does much more about. We'll say, no, no matter what happens, grace got you covered. Grace will carry you through. Grace will help you to be able to stand. So we see here, man, he said, it came by Jesus Christ before the world began. Verse number 10 said, but it's now made manifest, and I like this part before the word, but he says, now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So now, he said, he's letting us know that it was before the foundation of the world, but now this, this grace that he's talking about has appeared, it has manifested itself in Jesus Christ. And now once we have Jesus on board, guess what? We, like I said, we got that grace on board. Now when, you, when you're going through, when you're mad, anybody here been mad? Upset? You know, you know how you get, your, your palms get a little sweaty, and you know, your blood pressure rises slightly. You know, you might get a little flushed. You know, those times, do you ever think at that time I got grace on board? You might think, I need grace. You might. Uh, But see, I'm trying to help us this morning to realize that grace is already there. And if we recognize that immediately, grace overrides that emotion. I'm mad. No, that's an emotion. Amen. And see, grace will help us to manage this. Just touch yourself. Touch your hand. God's grace, knowing it's with us, knowing it's operating in us, amen, it will help us to manage this vessel rather than the reverse, the vessel managing us. Because we're going to realize, amen, that we got grace. We got Jesus on board. We got him flowing and functioning and breaking strongholds, amen, and empowering us, amen, to do and to be everything he's called us to be. See, that's my life. That's one of the things I really love about that grace of God, amen. It's, it's an empowerer, amen, it helps us. But see, it appeared. In other words, it's no longer hidden. It's no longer, we're not wondering how I'm going to do this, how am I going to get through this? No. He is, he's made it present in, in the, go, to, go to Titus. Let me take another look at another scripture. 
Help us. Titus, the second chapter. You ever wonder when God's going to show up? Where are you, God? Where is God now? Lord, don't you know what I'm going through? Don't you know I need you right now? You ever feel like that? Don't the Lord know what's happening to me? Huh? <laughs> don't count him short. Titus 2 and 11 says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation, what? Hath what? Has appeared to who? All men. Uh-oh. So it's already there. But look what it says. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the next world. Is that what it said? No, it said in this present world. So the grace came to teach us how to live. Amen? So that's in the person of what? Jesus Christ. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto him a peculiar people, zealous of good works. It's all done by his grace. It's all going to be done, amen, by us receiving, recognizing, and understanding who we are in him and who he is in us, amen, and empowering us that now we can become that peculiar people. How many of us like to be called peculiar? See, we understand this kind of peculiarity, it's okay. You know, but, you know, we, we can allow that word, amen, to skew us and call. I don't want to be peculiar. I want to be acceptable. I want to be like everybody. I want to be normal. What's normal? Can I, can I ask that question? What is normal? It's a very subjective word. You see, because if you go to a certain floor in certain hospitals and institutions, Amen. We'll say something's wrong with them people. They're not normal. But to them, they're normal. Oh, Y'all don't want me to go down this road. Huh? There's a lot of things that people will say is normal. There's a lot of things that people are trying to make normal. But see, I'm not trying to be normal. How many of y'all want to be normal? Oh, don't back off now because I'm talking about it. Huh? We want to be accepted. We want to fit in. And, you know, we, but see, no, grace came to make us different, if I can use that word. See, it came to make us to wonder if I'm just fitting in with everybody else. If my reaction and my response is like those who don't know him. What's peculiar? I'll see. I'm about to ask a question. And only you can answer that. But God already knows the answer for every single one of you. But what's peculiar about you concerning the king? about you that makes you peculiar in the eyes of others. You ever think about that? What is it that you don't do normally that everybody else does?
answer do you give people when they approach you with crazy stuff? See, there's something about God's people that the Holy Spirit functioning in that grace makes us different. When we really move ourselves out the way and allow Him to function and flow through us, when we surrender our will to His will, when we listen to that still small voice, that unctioning of the Spirit to say and to do exactly, here's the key, exactly what he's telling us to do. Not trying to tone it down, not trying to sugarcoat it, not trying to hold it back, but exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying. Can that be challenging for us? Because if I do that, They're going to think I'm strange. Ain't that the rationale? If I do that, they're going to think I'm peculiar. But he said he came to make us peculiar. Oh, wow. I'm trying to help us this morning. Amen. Go to the third chapter of, of Titus there. told he came he meant to, to teach us how to live and to cause us to, to function in a way that makes us peculiar. But then third chapter and verse number four and five it says this, but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us and washed by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Ah. So I told you, see, when, once we allow the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, I'm not talking about Casper, when we allow the Holy Ghost to have its way, we can't be the same. No, I, I say we, 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 we can't be the same. Amen. Because now we're being led by Notice, what's it called again? What kind of ghost? Let's, let's just hinge on that word just for a minute. It's not a name. It's not a, you know, it's, it's a description of the Spirit of God. It's a whole, in other translations, it says spirit. So maybe y'all can receive that a little bit better. For some of you. I don't want y'all to get spooky because we say, because King James says ghost. But it's the holy spirit. Now, imagine this. If I'm being led by, and I'm not talking about, you know, my righteousness or my holiness, but if I'm being led by his holiness, it's going to produce righteousness in me. And if I'm allowing myself to be led by his holiness that has been imparted to me by the person of Jesus Christ because of the grace that he brings, and now I'm able to operate in his holiness, tell me, what is it I would do that would displease the Lord? What is it that I would say to discredit his kingdom? If I'm being led by, I'm not talking about holy with hope in it. I'm talking about righteousness. His holy, I get that word, holy spirit. There's a lot of times, I got the Holy Ghost. You know how we used to testify? Praise the Lord, saints. You know, we just, you know, uh, you know, deal with the Holy Ghost. You know, we just run past it like, it ain't nothing. Huh? Baptized in Jesus' name, filled the Holy Ghost. I just want to tell you what God did for you. Wait a minute, what did you just say? Holy Ghost. What's on your brakes for? A holy.
living spirit operating in us, gracing us to love our brother and sister, gracing us to be a blessing to others, gracing us, amen, to hold our tongue, hold our peace. The Holy Spirit causing every thought to come in alignment because why he said bringing every thought under the captivity of Christ, you can't do that without the Holy Spirit leading you. Because you know, you know as well as I do, our minds be scattered all over the place. Without God's help, we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And that's all because of the grace that he operates in. You can't do it by yourself. So the Holy Spirit, like I said, grace didn't just come to bring you out. Grace came to empower you. So now that you know what you got on board and you can be able to look at that situation at that circumstance when your flesh is getting stirred, when your flesh is getting upset, when your flesh wants to say something crazy, when your flesh don't want to cooperate with the will of God, you can say, hold up, we got the Holy Spirit on board. And we can be led by His holiness because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by his grace. And because of that, I can overcome whatever this world brings against me. I can stand against every thought, every situation or issue that tries to rise when my, when my spouse tries to act crazy. The holiness in me says we ain't going there. See, see, in order, in order to help somebody else, I'm going to say this, you've got to first be able to help yourself. And the only way you're going to help yourself is to get out the way of the Holy Spirit. You know, in times when you say, I don't want to pray, I don't feel like praying right now. Oh, you know, you don't want the Holy Spirit to lead you, that's all. You're telling the holiness to get out the way. I just want to be flesh right now. I just want to be me right now. Holiness ain't allowed my flesh to express itself. So we got to get to a place to realize that we have the power on board. Now, I know I'm talking to somebody. You know them times when you just felt it and you just shut it down anyway? Because you know how we, how we say the Holy Ghost uh, uh, is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. That still small voice said, Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't say that. Or maybe there ain't nothing wrong, but maybe he said, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to bless so and so. I want you to serve in this ministry. I want you to be available. I want you to, to, to work on your, your, your obedience to, to the authority I've placed in the house. Can I, can I go here? Uh, but yet we, because what? Talk to the adults now. We three times seven. I'm 21. I'm grown. Got my own kids. Huh? Got grown kids. Huh? You know? Got grandkids. Say I got great grandkids. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit says, submit yourself to those that have the rule over you, that's when we put on the brakes. Holy Spirit, ain't this your stop? Huh? Hello? I mean, you ain't just telling me to be quiet. You ready for him to get out. Because I want to do it myself. But if we would say, yes, Holy Spirit, now he's setting you up. I say he's setting you up for the next advancement. But as long as you won't cross that bridge to get from you to the new territory he wants to give you because I'm stuck in self. I'm stuck.
in me. I'm stuck in my will in this area in my life, and I don't want to submit. I don't want to yield to no authority over me. I'm grown. I'm my own man, my own woman, and I pay my own bills. You know, I, we, we go down the list to prove we're grown. But let me tell you something, baby. None of us are grown in God's kingdom. We all God's kids. Isn't that nice to know? You ain't never grown when it comes to God. See, if we can just get that, that'll help us. What did Daddy say do? Huh? See, we can just bring it down to a little bit of natural understanding. What did Daddy say do? He said, listen to your big brother. He said, listen to the one that got responsibility over him. Do this and do that. And if we would just come into alignment with his spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we would see the grace of God flowing in us because we should be walking in that grace. I said we should be walking in that grace. Every day, every situation, circumstance, we should be, we should be you know, flowing in a way that even goes along, even as, as Minister T.P. was saying, we should be able to go forth, amen, and people see the difference. They see the grace, not just for here, but as we're walking, as we're going, we're flowing, we're functioning, we're operating, amen, and, we, and we're becoming that peculiar people, and we don't have a problem becoming peculiar and being peculiar because we see the peculiarity producing fruit for the kingdom of God. Other people are being drawn because they see that freedom he was talking about. He, they see that, that light shining, amen. They see that when the world is going crazy, you're still being peculiar. When everything seems like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, and everybody, ooh, no, you're like, man, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. See, they got upset with me, you know, when they talking to Jesus, and he let them know my kingdom. Not of this world. Huh? In other words, he let them know my I, I don't serve a worldly kingdom. But there's coming a day, we learned here last year, amen, as we were speaking, there's coming a day, amen, where we will rule the kingdom of God on this earth. Hmm. So you mean I'm in preparation now for ruling later? Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward to it. The more I understand this thing, the more I, I, I see this thing, the more we grab hold of this thing, the more his word is lining up. His plan is infallible. His plan is perfect. Amen. And, and, and he's doing something here to get us in alignment with that plan. I the only one. I hear kicking. I see Sister Ava over there saying it. I'm up here, you know, <laughs> elevated. That's why I just step down a minute to go just to catch the breath. You know? <laughs> 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 and, 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 and Pastor Linda's sitting here wrapped up with the, talking about she cold with the baby blanket. <laughs> okay, let me let me move on. Hallelujah. Where we stop off at? Hallelujah. His grace. Go to Second Corinthians. I'm trying to see this thing, how, how this grace is connected, amen, with Jesus Christ. And if you're connected with Jesus Christ, amen, you should be flowing in that grace. Amen. You're a child of God, amen. You got Jesus, amen. You gave him your life, amen. He said, if you knock, you know, he'll come in and sup with you and you with him. All those things. He said, I'm on board. I'm with you. You with me. Amen. And he's full of grace. So if I'm with him, amen, and the scripture let me know that I too should be in that same fullness. What am I missing if I'm still struggling? Hello. We got to get this, people. Amen. Because all through his life and his ministry, Jesus expressed these things to us. Amen. And now is the time, amen, that we got to grab hold of this. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Hallelujah. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, 
that through his poverty huh, might be rich. Wow. Look at that. In other words, it's talking about he left his heavenly home in glory. Huh? I mean, when you begin to read in scripture about how heaven is adorned, you'll understand what that's talking about. But he said, though he was rich, he, he, didn't, he wasn't lacking for nothing. But yet, for your sakes, for my sake, for your sake, he became poor. Otherwise, he stepped out of all of that to bring grace to us. He stepped out of all that to bring opportunity to us. He stepped out of all of that to come down here where, where, you know, mankind was fickle, if I can use that word, and needed help. And he said, I'm going to bring them the help that they need right where they are. I'm going to meet them right where they are. kind of takes me back. Amen. That's not in my notes, but it just takes me back into, to the prodigal son. Y'all remember the prodigal son? I, I, I challenge you, go back and read about the prodigal son with the perspective of grace. Think about when, when he got old enough. Now, first of all, can I just talk about it for a minute? First of all, he didn't choose to be born. Amen. And his father raised him when he didn't know he was in the world out of it. Loved him, provided everything for him. Whether he was right or wrong, he was fed, he was taken care of. And when but when he came to of age, he decided, I'm gonna do my own thing. Give me my stuff. And his father was gracious enough to let him have it. Remind me of anybody you think about? And he went off and just lived his life, you know, like he wanted to live it. He said, riotous living. And he just went and he lived and he spent and he did whatever he wanted to do until he came to the end of himself. And his friends wasn't there to help him. They wasn't there to fix him up. But yet, all this time, where was his father? His father, amen. I would imagine as soon as he left, his father said, y'all get the calf and put it up, get me one of the fat, and he'll start fattening it up. Because I know he's going to come home to another lady. And he got out there, just like many of us was out there, living like we wanted to live, doing everything. But then we had to come, finally come to ourselves to realize, my way ain't working. I done spent up my, I'm spent. My friends is kicking me to the curb. And I remember when I was in my daddy's house. Huh? And he out there eating with the pigs. Done blew everything, all the inheritance that his father graciously gave him. The life he graciously allowed him to have, just like he graciously gave us life. Amen. And we've gone out there and we did everything until we came to ourselves and we realized that my way is not working. Now notice when he came back home, his father saw him afar off, number one. But first he had to realize that, you know what, even the servants in my father's house are living under grace. Even the servants in daddy's house are living and eating better than me. I'm down here slopping with the hogs. Food I'm supposed to be giving them is the best job I could get. I'm ready to eat it myself. But as soon as he comes to himself, he said, I'm going to go back home. And when his father seen him afar off, his father said, come there, no good son of mine. So I went out there and squandered everything I gave him. Huh? No, the scripture tell me the father ran to him. Huh? Couldn't wait to embrace his son with his love. Is that grace or what? And even the boy, you know, he said, well, 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 I'm not worthy to be called your son. Did his father even address what he said? I don't know if y'all know the story, but he didn't even address it. But he began to tell the servants that were living better than the son, put some shoes on him. Grace. 
Put a ring on his finger. Grace, put a robe on him. Go ahead, go ahead. Kill the fatty calf. Uh, Grace, because my son that was lost, he can't deserve what I'm about to do for him. He done, he done spent up everything, amen, that I already gave him, but I got more. You see, he, he don't qualify for none of it, even in his own mind. I'm not even worthy to be called a son. Just let me be a servant. But he said, no, my son that was lost is found again. See, but the old big brother under law, big brother still saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. You ain't never did nothing for me. Because he, he, he still got a, a, a law mindset. He still must be the father said everything I have is yours. The father had a grace mindset. It's all yours. I see, if we would just understand when we come to God, when we operate like he wants us to operate, amen. Now, can you imagine this, this prodigal? And I like the story of the prodigal because there's so many things that you can look at. First of all, he wasn't lost. He left. And when he came to himself, he didn't need a map. He didn't need a guide. He didn't have to make no phone call. And his father did not move from where he left him. He found his way right back home because he knew where he belonged. Went on back home and was fully and completely restored. And I can imagine his father never even brought it up again. Huh? That's how God does us. When we understand how much he loves us, and, and now think about this. Do you think in your sanctified mind that he ever had a problem with that boy again? That that boy would ever do anything to cross his father, displease his father, dissatisfy his father again. I don't think so. I, I don't think so because I think he realized how great his love for him was, to him from his father was. And how much, how gracious, I'll say that word again, his father had been to him. Kind of like the 40-hour week versus 1,000 hours. I, I ain't going to blow this. Now, I can imagine. He said, I almost missed it. How many people out there? Let me bring a little folk from home. How many people in here? Fit to miss it. When he's constantly saying, come. He's already filled the, killed the fatty calf. Well, he just waits to come to the feast. Well, see, let me, let me get away from that story, because I, I could stay there for a while. Even the, even the oldest son wouldn't even come into the feast. Huh? But the father was gracious enough to go outside. I said he was gracious enough to go outside and meet him right where he was. Huh? Help, yep, Lord. And reminding that that your brother. Huh? Hello. No matter what he did, no matter how mad you might be with him, no matter how much you don't understand, that's your brother that was lost. And now it's fine. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Help us, Lord. So as we get our minds wrapped around this thing, understand, we want to be like Jesus. Amen? And when you step into this thing, look, look, look when, when, you, when you really step into it, amen, when it talks about Jesus as a child, in Luke 2 and 40, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong. Filled with wisdom, 
get a hold of and say, man, I believe we'll go strong. Just like Jesus did. Amen. In the wisdom and spirit and in the grace of God so we can function and we can flow. Amen. No matter where we are. No longer being intimidated. Huh? By the expectations around us. Hello. Ooh, hallelujah. I said no longer being intimidated by the expectations of the world. Family. Church. Huh? Hey, 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 hey. But because we understand who it is that has brought us out. Now we look for opportunity to be a blessing. Opportunity to flow. Opportunity to function. Opportunity to allow His grace to flow through us because why? Like Christ, we now become full of grace and truth. We need the full package. We got to dispel the lies that the law has laid upon us. Lies that say, you know, you have to do this or do that and do the other thing in order to be in relationship with God, in order to be, you know, in, 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 to be saved. I just use that simple word. You can't earn salvation. Huh? You, you can take all the speed reading courses that you find and read the Bible every day from cover to cover. That still wouldn't be enough to earn salvation. You can sit down and quote. You remember, remember the movie Book of Eli? Be like, you know, what that says. And yeah, be able to just lay down and quote it, chapter and verse from Genesis 1 to Revelation 20. It just, just, you know, chapter and verse. That still wouldn't be enough. only way is grace. Only we can gain. And when we realize how great that is, oh my God, how else can I serve? What else can I do for your king? I don't even have a right to be here. Now what I say? I don't even have the right. But because of him, I am. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am. By the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. And that is should be every single one of our declarations. Amen. That only because of his grace. Now I want you to imagine. that God could have brought you or I into the world at any time in history. Any time. And he could have placed you in any country around the world. He could have introduced you to any condition that he desired. But you are where you are, who you are, what you are, by the grace of God. It's all because of God. And when we stop and, and, and look around at how things could be, hello, I want you to stop right now, right now, right now, and think about a situation you wouldn't want to be in. That shouldn't be very hard for any of us. And then you begin to thank Him for where you are right now. See, but when you just think about your situation like it's the worst thing in the world, open your eyes. Open your ears. And you'll
know you're wrong. Now, I'm not saying it's not an uncomfortable situation. But just tell the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, I don't care about where they might be. It could be worse. But by the grace of God, he said he won't put no more on you than you are able to bear. But can I add uh, just a little bit to that? He said, but, but by his grace, he'll make a way to escape that you might be able that you, come on now. See what we have available to us. All I got to do is just hold my head up and say, okay, God, what you want to do next? And when trouble come or when blessings come, look, 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 we should have the same response to all of us. Thank you for the grace. Huh? See, you know, we quick to say we don't deserve the trouble. Hello? But we're not as quick to say, I don't deserve the blessing. But the truth is, the reverse. You deserve the trouble. We don't deserve the blessing. But because he took on our sin, he has allowed us. Our own Hello. Mm. Let's stand on our 